Welcome to episode 13 of the Press Play and Run podcast with me, Ryan Miller. On this episode, we have an Edinburgh Marathon Pack special. I'm joined today by a couple of members of the Race Director team who share with us brilliant tips and advice for first-time marathon runners or first-time visitors to Edinburgh and to give you a bit of a flavour of what to expect on the day, before the event, on the course and afterwards. In the second part of today's show, I'm joined by Lynette Lowe, founder of We Run Edinburgh and a pivotal member of the social running scene in Scotland's capital city. Regular listeners will know that before that I usually give a bit of a breakdown of my own running for the last couple of weeks, but given that I've come into taper and spent an hour and a half this week rambling on in the Point 99 podcast about my preparation for the Edinburgh Marathon, I'll spare you those details and instead link to that episode in the episode description of this podcast. I do want to thank the two Steves for having me onto the podcast and for trying their best to put the fear of God into me before my first marathon. I'm pleased to say they did not succeed in instilling maranoia in me, but I did succeed in making them check the explicit box on their podcast, so who's really winning? I also want to say a quick thank you to Pete Cooper, one of my former guests and co-founder of the Cooper Run Coach app, for his help and the app's help in getting me to the start line of Edinburgh in the best shape possible. The app's been easy to use, really easy to follow, and it's something I'm definitely going to continue using into my ultramarathon after this marathon. Today's episode is a bit longer than usual, so rather than rambling on about my own running in the last two weeks, what I did was I put out an Ask Me Anything question on my Instagram handle where people could ask me anything they particularly wanted to know about my preparation. So I've had a few questions in, happy to deal with them before I throw over to my conversation with Ellie and Gina and then on to the conversation with Lynette. So the first question that I've had in is what made me choose the Edinburgh Marathon in particular? And to be quite honest, it wasn't my first choice. I think like everybody else, you enter the London ballot and you're living more in hope than expectation that you'll ever get a place there. And when that didn't materialise, I really had my eyes set on Manchester uh, because I knew so many other people that were doing that race. But the logistics just didn't line up for me. I had some childcare issues and so that meant uh, that Edinburgh was the most doable one. It is a bit tough actually watching all those spring marathons being ticked off by all the people I was training with. But now I feel completely ready. I feel like I've actually learned from some of their training. So I'm actually really happy that I'm going to be running it in Scotland. Last week's guest, Emily, helpfully slid into my DMs to ask me two questions. The first one, relatively sensible, asking me whether I will be listening to music on Sunday or not. And I'm inclined to say not. I'm definitely not going to start listening to music. But I am going to take my headphones with me and my flip belt. Because you will see, or you will hear, sorry, in my conversation with the race directors, a little bit about the course and maybe some of those more isolated parts of the course. And I've heard that from people that have run it before. So I'm going to have them with me in case I feel the need to sort of pop them in and get locked in for a longer spell where you might not be seeing much in the way of like support on the side of the road or be running with a lot of other runners beside you. Emily also was intrigued to know whether I've got my nipple covers ready. And the answer to that, Emily, is of course I have. And I've got enough there. I've got enough spares that I'm going to be holding my own photo shoot afterwards and releasing a calendar just of me and nipple covers. So that will be available for at least 14 pence and I will send you the link. One of my club mates from Newton Roadrunners, Pete Alexander, has asked what piece of advice would you give someone about to start training for their first marathon? The honest answer is I think I probably wouldn't give any advice that I've learned the whole way along here. But a couple of things maybe, I, I would share that the lowest mental moments of the, the training block have come off the back of maybe poorer long runs or tougher long runs 
or when the volume and intensity has been pretty high uh, heading into those peak weeks. To avoid them getting the better of you, what I would say is to try and replicate maybe some of the strategies I've used, which is to surround yourself by people that have been over the course before with training blocks because they can really help to bring you a sense of perspective and stop you catastrophizing and getting too far ahead of yourself. There's that saying about how do you eat an elephant and it being one bite at a time. And very much that's what I've found to be the process of marathon training. You stack the runs up. Not everyone's going to be as good as the last one. You tend to hang on to those poorer ones for a few extra days, whereas the good ones come and go very quickly because of just the volume. But sense of perspective, everything passes. Try not to get too high or too low. That would be the, if I had any advice to give, it would be that. Bob, the Coosythe runner, he's asking me, why is it called the Edinburgh Marathon when most of it's in East Lothian? Thank you for those types of existential questions, Bob. Probably for the same reason that we call ourselves runners and spend more time in the injury treatment table. Who knows? Patrick Watkins, fresh off running Copenhagen and flying back to America, has asked what am I least looking forward to and told me that I'm going to smash it. So I hope you're right, Patrick, on that front. And in terms of what I'm least looking forward to, for me, it's always the logistics part. It's the part at the start getting to the race line, getting the bag dropped off, dealing with bathrooms, toilets, eating in time and that morning stress of a race, I've never been particularly good at that, I don't like it, I like to just get on to the start and get going, I don't like the hour or two build up before, so that's probably about I'm looking forward to least and I'm also frenetically checking the weather because I am not built for the heat and it looks like it could end up being a bit of a warm afternoon. Elaine, who will also be running in Edinburgh, and she's asking will I carry all my own nutrition on the course, um, if so, where? The answer to that, Elaine, is that I will carry my gels and a flip belt and I'm going to have two bottles on the course with spectators at agreed points. So my wife and my friend Alison are coming through and they will have one of my bottles and somebody from the club will have another bottle at another pre-designated point. So they'll have in them sort of the bottles pre-prepared with the hydration tablet and the rest of what I need in terms of water will just be from the water stations on course. So yes, I will carry the nutrition, but I will have a couple of bottles there on the side. I've had one final question come in from Emma and she is asking, do you have a time goal or a game plan brackets that I'm confident enough to tell everyone. Well, if you listened to that other podcast, you will know that I'm wearing my heart and my sleeve on this. My expectations have changed significantly from the beginning of this to where I am now. At the beginning, I put in a predicted time of 3 hours 45, and really my main goal was to run sub 4 and to enjoy it and not completely hate the experience. But I've had a really good training block. I've built over the weeks and pace, I've PB'd, I think, practically every distance. I've raced in between um, 5K and the marathon. And I'm now setting out with an A goal of trying to run sub 320. And that would put me in contention for a good for age place for the Chicago Marathon. It's definitely a big ask. Um, it's definitely going to be my A goal starting pace. But I do have that sort of backup plan of running sub 330 if that's not on in the day. Or if the temperature gets up too much to... to allow me to sustain that kind of pace other than that if it's all going south in the day it will be about finishing and enjoying it with a smile on my face so I'm not shying away from the goal that is definitely it I'm saying it. I'm going out there to try and run a sub 320 but I will not be a devastated man if it doesn't happen I'm very aware that I'm untested at this distance and that I can only really go out there and run my best race on the day so thank you to everybody that sent me a question there and actually to everybody that's been in touch over the last 16-18 weeks about my training either showing an interest through the podcast or asking me questions in my DMs or commenting on my posts. It's so appreciated. It's been such a nice way to go through your first training block 
your first full training block, feeling like you're part of a community and you're not out there doing it on your own. Very, very best of luck to everybody running on the day, whether it's the 5K, the 10K, whether you are going for your first half marathon or full marathon, you can only go out there and run the best you can. The final thing I'll say before I hand over to my conversation with the race directors is that there's a couple of the races that have now reached capacity since I spoke to the race directors, since I spoke to Ellie and Gina. With that said, there still is a couple of races open, so if you're still swithering, there is still time to enter on the Saturday, the 10k, the junior 5k or the kids kilo. And on the Sunday, there are still entries open for the half marathon and the relay, so the adult 5k has sold out. Also, I should mention that the 2024 entries are also open for next year. If you want to have a look at volunteering for the event and helping on the course but not necessarily running, you can go to eventteam.zone and you'll find out a bit more about that from Ellie during the episode. I hope you enjoy these conversations. I hope they bring something to anybody that's running to maybe allay some fears or to give you that buzz before race day and I really look forward to feeding back to you after the event to tell you how I got on. In the meantime, get your trainers on, keep putting in the hard work, press play and run. I'm delighted to be joined today by two members of the Edinburgh running community and two people that will form part of the team putting on the Edinburgh Marathon Festival. I have Ellie Forrester and Gina Evans. Welcome both. Hello. Hiya. This is episode 13 of Press Play and Run and I have been trying to just connect with the running community via Instagram and I've followed both of you actually beyond asking you yeah probably lurking in the background as you do and you start to <laughs> get to know i had no idea of the connective tissues of all the the people in edinburgh that seem to know each other but what drew me to asking you both on is one you're both experienced marathon runners and i'm going to be doing my first in a week week and a half but you're also involved in the organization in some capacity of the edinburgh marathon and i'm really keen to hear a wee bit more about what goes into that event how you get a city like that ready and what your specific role is. So Ellie, can I start off with you and your role as course director and just tell me a wee bit about what that involves? Yeah, of course. So my kind of main job is to get the kind of course elements of the run ready for next Sunday. So that kind of involves the main one being like all the things you usually don't really think about when you're running it, but you're running on um, closed roads. So that's kind of the number one biggest challenge for kind of my kind of role, getting all the roads in Edinburgh and across East Lothian all shut down and secure, making sure that 30,000 runners can kind of make their way through safely and everything else that's on the course as well so all the toilets and waste management again things you don't usually think about when you're just running along but if we didn't have stuff like that in place it wouldn't wouldn't be the event it is so um, it's really good and obviously um mile markers as well making sure the <laughs> right it is the right distance measuring the route so yeah everything kind of everything in between the start and the finish uh, I kind of deal with so. that's a great way to do it <laughs> I, I think uh, measuring the distance is clear when i've actually been involved in some events that got that bit wrong that doesn't go yeah. down particularly well with people um but i would argue that if you're in that position sometimes the toilets is the only thing you think about when you're running or sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes those mile thing. those mile markers are the thing keeping you going toilets are always number one <laughs> um can i ask ellie is this a is this like full time or is this like something that you do on top of another job uh yeah we both work full time here so we've 
been with uh, the company now just over a year. So this will be our second um, Edinburgh Marathon Festival. So it's really exciting going into it this year with yeah. a bit more experience. Yeah, that's it's such a huge undertaking. And you're right, most people don't see that. They turn up on race day ready to rock and you just assume that that's all in place. But Gina, can I ask then your role as start director? Can you tell me a wee bit about that so I can try and get in my head what's different? Yeah, of course. Um, so I and myself and my team look after everything up until the runner crosses that start line. So um, anything from the bus you get in uh, to the start line to how you pick up your event number, where you drop your baggage, what pen you go into um, and everything around that. So up until that gun goes is kind of my area. And like Ellie says, it's, it's a lot of stuff that now when I go to races, I think about, but I never thought about before I was here. Like what time my baggage truck needs to arrive and what colours go where and how the flow of the crowd goes and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I am everything up until the gun. I read the course information that we were sent out last week because I'm a good boy and I didn't want to row today. Um, but I've also, my accommodation fell through last week and that's changed what I need to do in the morning. So I joined a couple of like Edinburgh Marathon forums and things on, I'm not a big user of Facebook, but on those groups. And I've actually been quite surprised that everything in your role, Gina, is what's causing people stress and their own, even though you've got the course of information, see if you've never done it before. I'm the same. I'm thinking, how early do I have to get there? Yeah. How do I make sure I don't end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, the wrong pen? Is there any general advice you would give to anybody coming through to Edinburgh for the first time on that morning? Yeah, and uh, it's really funny because sometimes I, I what I kind of like about it is that because I've, I'm a runner as well and I've done marathons or even smaller events, whether you're the 10K, the 5K, you're going to have the kind of same uh, nervousness because there's so much to think about. Um, the only thing I would say is really please give yourself enough time. Um, you know, it opens it. Are you doing the half or the full marathon? I'm doing the full marathon. Doing the full. Okay, I'm going to tailor it for you. Uh, so it opens at 8.30. So I would try and be there for 8.45. I really would give myself an hour because although you've got your number and you can just drop your bag and that's a fairly smooth process, you're going to need the toilet and you'll go to the toilet. And I'm speaking as a runner here and you'll be like, I need the toilet again. I need the and, it, and so the cycle goes until someone tells you to start so I would just give yourself as much time as possible as you can and once you're there our event team I mean we, we'll talk about event team but our event team really are great and specifically for the start they've been there year upon year upon year they turn up they know their friendly faces a lot of my start pen team this year are from running groups in and around Edinburgh so they kind of just get it they understand people's nerves and excitement and that like weird feeling of you're about to do something really big and uh, they're great like chat to them they know their stuff they'll help you out so everyone's there to help you and everyone's on your side but be there early <laughs> that, that's great we could have a toilet for absolutely every single person and there would never be enough. So yeah. yeah, you can even if you can go to the toilet before you get there, that's yeah. always a key thing. Yeah. yeah, It's just one of those things, isn't it? Everyone's nervous. <laughs> it's quite funny being on a, like a forum with a thousand adults and 900 are talking about how they're going to go to the toilet. Just yeah. that's that's a conversation. Yeah. A lot of our conversations as well, to be honest. <laughs> but I think that's some great advice in terms of talking to people and that apprehension. I've run the half before, the Edinburgh half, mm -hmm. prior to COVID. COVID, um, and I've done a few half marathons I've never done the marathon but when it's something new and for a load of half marathon runners that will be the same it's something new it's something big it's something you've trained for 
mm-hmm. not getting locked into nerves. Oh, speaking to somebody helps so much. And even things like, you know, we're, we're talking about the Sunday, but we've got the Saturday as well. You know, we've got all the kids races. We've got like my friend's uh, kids doing the kids kilometers for the first time. And, you know, she's like a really small child and that's huge for her. And we've got people doing 10K for the first time. So kind of no matter the distance, there's a common feeling of that nervous energy um, yeah. among people. And the event team are brilliant. Like they're there to get you safely from start to finish, like Ellie said, on the course, whether it's start or the finish. And they've all they all come back, they love doing it. So speak to them. They're very yeah. knowledgeable, lovely people. And I'm sure there'll be a, quite a few in my position of I entered my estimated time at the beginning, mm-hmm. having never run a marathon. So they, <laughs> so you're you're either one way or the other, you're wildly ambitious, or you are you can be I think I was probably overly cautious. Okay. Um, so That's a it, place to be. Is the advice then, I estimated a time and I think I'll maybe be 20, 30 minutes quicker than that now. Is the advice just get to the, near the front of your pen at that uh, point? Just stay in your start pen that you're in because you're not going to start, your chip will not start till you go across the yeah. start. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, all the pens are done by your predicted time, but those predicted times are like, you know, they're between X time and Y time. So if yeah. you're 20 minutes faster, that's cool. Just stay in your start pen. The other thing I would say is it takes 15 to 20 minutes to get everyone in the half and the full across the start line. So yeah. that varies. Um, don't run. <laughs> don't run to the start line. We don't want you to do any more steps or running than you need to do. So our start pen team will walk you to the start line. Yeah. Um, your time won't start till you cross that line. So... Even when you hear like everything going and you know the race has started, but your pens move a bit further back, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It starts when you start. That's kind of what I always say to people. <laughs> I think the half that I did was on this course. I know the course has been amended again for this year. I think the half I did was this course start as well. Ah, but okay. If I remember correctly, it's not too narrow a path to begin with as well. So there's no need to really squeeze right up the front because it's a relatively wide yeah, yeah, yeah. Porter is very wide. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And most of it's um, on course as well. They are. We've usually got um, the full length of road. It's only really when you get really far out at kind of mile um, 13 that you start to then be have two, two-way running. And at that point, everyone's quite spread out. So there is always room kind of the whole way around the whole yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Anything else worth looking out for on the route? I know there's an out and back loop within the full marathon, um, which which is obviously different from the half, but anything else people should be wary of or thinking about coming up on, I'm thinking about the weather, are things that maybe just have not been in people's mind right now. And the good thing is with this year, going back to the start at Potter Row, you've got a really kind of scenic and picturesque start to the route. So if you've never been to Edinburgh before, it's a really kind of good intro to the Edinburgh Marathon, whether it is the half or the full. Um, and as well, if you're doing any of our Saturday races, it's all within Holyrood Park, which is just such a picturesque setting, which is good as well. If you're doing the half or full, you get to run through the park. And it, if we get a nice day, which fingers crossed, um, for the weather it's just absolutely stunning with you've got the hill and everything in the background as well as on the route you're going down to the coast so there's for me one of my favorite bits is when you get to kind of the end of at sea at seafield road if anyone is from edinburgh knows that where the dog and cat home is basically where you're running onto it's like a promenade area you'll get a kind of view in the background of the whole of the east coast you can see right onto the water and if you look really far in the distance you can see there's like the bass rock and um, there's another big hill in the distance as well you can see that and that's just such a nice view and 
at, at that point of your running the full marathon, it can be a good moment and a bad moment because you know you're almost running to that rock. But but um, it's a nice moment in a, as well if it's a nice day. It's just such a lovely view in that bit. Is kind of you'll get a sense of achievement at that bit with kind of the scale of the event that you're taking part in and um, yeah. yeah. And at that point, you're running, you've got two-way running, right? So when you're running out and coming back, there's there's just something about seeing people coming back and, like, you're kind of just part of everything out there. Like, everyone's at a different stage of the journey, but we're all going to do the same thing. <laughs> you're seeing yeah. people at different points, and I kind of really like the out and back for that. Yeah, yeah the, the out and back, it can, it can be, there can be definitely tough moments at that point. Um, when you reach Gosford House as well, it's just such a like lovely location a building that you would never usually get to see kind of thing so yeah. the fact that we get access into that property and get to run around it is amazing but that bit as well it's just a kind of you can really zen into like you at that point in the race because you are kind of at that point everyone's quite spread out you can be kind of running alone not alone at that point but you can really kind of zone into yourself and kind of yeah. just take a moment to kind of appreciate what's around you, the nature and yeah. the element and the scale of what you're doing, especially as well if you're run whether you're running for a charity or running for yourself, you can just take that kind of time to appreciate the amazing kind of scale of what you're achieving. Yeah. I think a wee note to myself and to everybody else to look out, look away from the watch for a minute and actually take in some of these things because you can become completely locked in on your own feet, can't you, when you're, yeah. when you're in that moment. Um, are you going to have your London Marathon medals with you? Had a wee sneak <laughs> on your Instagrams. <laughs> I think that's off-brand. I'm not sure, not sure that can uh, be... Uh, do you know what? It's, it feels like a long time ago already, yeah, totally. if I'm honest. Tell, tell me about it. Tell me about the day it looked Ellie amazing. <laughs> Ellie loves to tell everyone she's running London Marathon. Um, no, I noticed I noticed yeah. one or two or 15 posts. <laughs> yeah, I it's a funny one because if I hadn't have even got into London, I probably wouldn't be sitting here because I didn't start the Instagram until I really got into that. Um, I had been a kind of on-off runner before that, Um did a bit kind of through childhood and I did a couple of half marathons before but when I got into London that was kind of the turning point and starting to train a lot more frequently and get yeah getting kind of involved in the running community and I did a couple of events on the lead up to London that I never even would have heard of before never mind taking part in so yeah the whole experience for of London Marathon for me was just almost kind of life-changing in a way but yeah it was it was incredible but yeah it totally just feels like a different year it was like it does. kind of I think yeah. we just work in events so as soon as London was out the way it was like EMF push to the side focus on yeah. Edinburgh yeah. so next one and what about you Gina well, how was that for you the same I actually haven't really talked about it in much detail just I went down I was really lucky I got to go down with um, Lynette and we run so six of us went down um, in a partnership with New Balance and we hadn't gotten on the ballot. So for me, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to run it. And then we got such an amazing opportunity to do it with our running group that um, the fact that we kind of all got to go through those stages of the lead up and running it and everything after together, I just thought it was, it was really, really cool. And the actual event was unreal. Like I actually could feel myself nearly crying at quite a few points because the support is just absolutely, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like you can't even hear yourself think at some points in the nicest possible way very very cool but like um, yeah. is, um, I, I'm, I'm I'm almost like put it in a box I'm like right it's what eight days to EMF so yeah. nine yeah. days 
So oh, it'll be nice to bring that box fun. out every now and again. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have an actual box that has all the little bits in it that I've kept from it, actually. It'll be really cool. But um, yeah, no, it was amazing. Yeah, I'll be wearing that T-shirt pill. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's literally worn off and you can't wear it anymore. No, you're, you're, you're quite right. But it's that this podcast is focused very much on the everyday runner and both of your journeys have been enhanced definitely by connecting with that running community now where you live at different stages. I know we're in Edinburgh and I'll be talking to Lynette later is six years old now and yeah. you can see the raised profile of it, the partnership with New Balance and nothing starts there. That's all evolved as it's come, but yeah, it makes those events so much more special to be at them with people that you've shared that journey with. I knew so many people at London. I watched that as closely as I would have if I've had I been running on it myself. So many people achieving a goal that I know, and it's just amazing. It's amazing to be involved in the community. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even on the you know the Saturday, I'm sure Lynette will tell you all about this, but we've got people who are running their first 5k and their first 10k and just to be able to be there and see them do that whether it's in a work capacity which we'll be or i'm sure ellie and i would turn up and spectate and cheer them on even if we weren't working so um it's really nice to kind of like you said earlier connect the dots and uh, see it from all different angles and just be really supportive of people no matter what distance they're doing or what their goal is um, and the community in edinburgh and further afield is is really like that no, I couldn't agree more. I joined a running club this year. It was it was actually what sparked me to go and do a marathon and get away from 5Ks. I've been running for a while, but not nothing like these distances. So just running together is so inspiring with people at different... But I love the social runs as well, where you just park the pace and, yeah, yeah. and, and catch up. And it, it's, been, it's been so, so nice. I saw on your... Well, on the, the event page yesterday... A little shout out for anybody looking to get involved in volunteering. So I thought it'd be nice to give you a platform either for this session. I'm conscious this won't go out till Thursday, so time will be tight. But I know that mm-hmm. entries are open for next year as well. Um, yep. How do people that maybe are thinking would would love to be involved, but marathon, half marathon is still just a stretch too far. What kind of roles are there there for people to to come along and get involved in the process with? Uh, loads. Ellie, do you want to take course? Yeah, so um, <laughs> the way we kind of work, pretty much our whole event, we got 1,600 people on the day. Um, we're a really small team, and there's about 15 of us here at HQ. And then to become a team of from 15 people to 1,600 people yeah. on the day, it's just we literally rely on the kindness of strangers, really, um, to make this event as amazing as it is so yeah we take on we've got as Gina had mentioned before we've got people that come back year after year after year so we've got some really good relationships with some of our event team and um, who come back every event we've not mentioned as well but we run a lot of other running events um, in and around Scotland a lot of the event team will do a couple of other events for us as well which the next one coming up we'll, we've got like Scottish half marathon we run that yeah. as well which is coming up in September so yeah. anyone again from the Edinburgh area they can't get involved in Edinburgh Marathon helping out. We've got that one coming up in September as well. And um, but yeah, we take people that will help with everything from handing out the medals to handing out bottles of water to runners on route. We've got marshals who'll stand and cheer people on and help if there's any kind of emergencies. And um, Gina will have all her start team, as she said, that'll help everyone with all the pre-race nerves. We've got litter pickers. We've got um, transport yeah. people. Uh, oh event number station people yeah. um everything yeah yeah and there's a role for everyone yeah. um, you can just do morning if you can just do afternoon 
usually there's a couple of early starts, but if you like an early morning, it's definitely... If you like an early morning, you're in my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. And kind of back to what you're saying, so some people will come in because they might have trained and they're injured, but they still want to be around it and help out. Um, some people, running's actually not for them, but they are into working in events. Maybe they want to get a bit of experience. And then we'll have like groups such as like the Sea Cadets and the Scouts and we've got the PDSA and they come and do it as a fundraiser. So, you know, people come at it from all different angles, but they all kind of share the same goal is that they want to make it an amazing event and they really understand how people are feeling at that event um, and they deliver it. Like we always say, we'll put the plans in place, but it's the event team that, that deliver it on the day. Like yeah. they already make it and we couldn't do it without them. So yeah. It's really good to get involved in. I, I think it's it's easier to find out about these things when you're connected with some form of running community. But there's a there's a ton of people that listen to this that don't run in a club, don't have the confidence to run in a club, but they love to be involved in park run, for example. And that would be a logical next step of volunteering at a park run, Definitely. volunteering at that type of event. So anything that we can share. I'm happy to do so. Just fire it our way and we'll, yeah, we'll, either, we'll, it, we'll either include it in an episode or put it out through the channel and, and hopefully as many people as possible can get involved because it's always nice to see familiar faces. There's a big there's a big group going through cheer squadding and, and whatnot, but it's nice as well to have that foot in the camp almost of knowing you made an event happen and giving something back. Yeah. yeah, amazing. All our um, event stuff gets done through its event team dot zone, um, and all our events are on there. Um, and once you sign up through that, usually a member of the team will be in contact. But um, if anyone is wanting to sign up, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I'll link to that in the episode description, so anybody that's listening to this episode can find that. If you just go in wherever you're listening to the podcast, expand the event description. You'll find the link to that in there. I'll put it in. I, I want to ask what's next for you after. The marathon, because I know it'll be all-consuming, absolutely all-consuming. But I didn't realise there was a bigger suite of events that you're in. So what's yeah. in the what's in the not too distant future that people might be able to <laughs> get involved in running or non-running? Uh, we'll wrap up EMF. Then three weeks later, we'll do the men's ten k in Glasgow and, and the women's. women's 10K in Glasgow, which is new for 2024. Uh, 2023. <laughs> sorry, I'm a year ahead. I'm um, running that. Oh, are you? Actually, we're having our first podcast meetup at that. So I think yeah. we've got 40 people signed up to run or oh. cheer squad at that that are coming along. from well, you'll see Ellie if it's on course. Yeah. The yeah. So well, we, we'll definitely yeah. we'll have people running. You'll see the bat. You'll see the banner, and we'll have people. Uh, we'll have people on the course, and we'll have people at the side of the course. So we're going to be at that on mass. Yeah. Oh, cool. Glasgow is such an amazing event. It's such a good city. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so good. And yeah, we've got the, the first women's 10K that will go after the men's this year, which is really amazing, actually. We're really excited for that. So, uh, yeah. And then personally, Ellie, what are you up to? <laughs> I think after we both kind of said this, but after London, you do feel a bit lost in the sense of what to go for next. And I think with anyone who's trained for Edinburgh, whether the half full 10K, 5K, you work so hard for something and then all of a sudden it's over and I definitely felt a bit of I think they're called marathon blues if that's yeah. thing. but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm still kind of looking for the next thing to do I've maybe dipped my toe into looking at a couple of ultras but I don't want to say anything too <laughs> you've said it now you just said it out loud but no just um hopefully get a good couple uh, events in over the summer uh, and I've got another half marathon booked in for September time yeah and then for me the next thing is the 
Scurry Two Bridges. So the relay is a basically a hundred mile run between Dundee and Edinburgh with four people, just to caveat. All right, okay, that's did you see my face there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a relay. So it starts at Taybridge Dundee and finishes uh over in uh near Cramond in Edinburgh, I think. So okay. uh, yeah, like team of four, um team of four, four legs. I think you run about forty two K ish um total each. So yeah. that's in June. So uh, but again, until EMFs, uh, till we we're done with EMF, uh, it's not really in my brain at the moment. But it will be. It will be. I'm excited for it. Well, uh, you're nearly there, and we're nearly yeah, no, there. No, it feels no, like no. it feels like it's the last of the spring marathons, as far as I'm concerned. I feel like I've watched all my friends running something else, um, and I've just been waiting. But we're we are right on the precipice now. How so. are you feeling then? How you how I'm, are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I've had a really good training block. I've stayed injury free and. I've not missed any runs, so everything, I I am confident and comfortable with everything except the weather, as long as it doesn't get too hot, I think I'll be in good shape. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not built for the heat. And it is all. It's all in all in the yeah. mind. I heard something yesterday on Fourth One, which is quite funny. It was a um, guy saying the toughest, uh, the hardest part for your body in the marathon is the first two and a half inches. You <laughs> 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 men obviously, yeah. um, but but I think that's totally true. Everything yeah. if if you know you can do it, and I think we both said that for when we did uh, yeah. London, we there was no point. We thought we can't do this so no. yeah. and everyone can i think i've had i had my moments during the during the training where i thought oh, like some of those long runs and you finish mm-hmm. a 16 miler at the beginning or towards the beginning of the long running i'm thinking there's no way i can like, <laughs> add all that extra distance on i am out my feet by then but yeah. it's just such a gradual process and it is a process isn't it that's oh, what it I've, that's yeah. what i've learned <laughs> The first time I ran 20 miles, I got home, I got in the bath and just cried. I was like, mm-hmm. how am I going to do another six miles? I could not, I couldn't. I just couldn't yeah. even process that I still would have had another six miles to do. But someone always just said, like, only ever think of the mile you're in. So if I'm in mile two, I'll literally say to myself, like, welcome to mile two. Gina, you're in mile two. I'm yeah. not thinking of 23 or 24 because there's no point. It's coming mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah, every, and, yeah. Every single time when I see the mile marker, I really like it because I actually go, okay, we're in mile three. And I don't think anywhere past that or even previous to that, like that's where we are. To me, no. that worked for me. But um, I, think yeah, that's, I, mean, that's- I think that's terrific advice. Oh, everything that's ever gone wrong in my training block of the, in terms of the mental bit has been because you're out, I've been out ahead of where I'm yeah. at. You're almost <laughs> catastrophizing. I'm thinking on a Tuesday about how bad that long run's going to be in a Saturday. <laughs> Instead of actually just doing the runs, and as you said, see, once you start, you're you're ten miles in. Like, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yes, the last few miles are always tough. They always are, but they're they're tough on a five k because yeah. you know the last few miles. Yeah, um, yeah, and you so, know that, so you can prepare yourself yeah. for that. But yeah, like you're there. You've done all the hard work. Like yeah. you've done the months of training. Like you're you're there. You're at the start line. You're in it, and that's what we thought about London. Like. When it got to mile 25, I was really sad. Don't get me wrong, I hurt and I was tired. And but yeah. I was really sad that I only had one more mile to go because it was the end of a huge thing. Yeah. And uh, happy, but yeah, it was like you were saying goodbye a little bit. I no, I, comp- I completely, completely get that. And I think surrounding yourself, I've surrounded myself with other people training for marathons and learned so much from very experienced people speaking to them on this um 
through the weeks, but not being isolated has been huge. It's made the it's made the solo runs much easier because I've had the experience of others around me for a lot of running. That's just made such a difference this time. Yeah, it totally is just the victory lap of yeah. all the months of hard work and training. Yeah. Um, and our other favourite motto just for the whole thing is just just get it done. Yeah. yeah that was our favourite. Like, mm-hmm. you you can do that. <laughs> yeah. We get it done. We'd come in the office and we'd be like, oh, we've got to have a run. And like one of us, you know, you've got those days where you're like, oh, just like went really tired or like, and we mm-hmm. just always turn to each other and just be like, just get it done. Yeah. And we did, like, you know, and yeah. like you say, it's having someone else just to like, I don't know. Yeah, and that's what's so good about Instagram as well. You can look around and there's always inspiration and everyone's so supportive. It's such a good community for anyone looking to get into running or already running or running a marathon. There's just so, so much that you can kind of look at and feel supported. Couldn't agree more. And you get to see some of those days like you're talking about, you know, where people are going, oh, I just ran today because I had to run and I had to get it done. And it wasn't great. Not every run can be or should be. Some days you just have to go, get the trainers on and get it done. So, yeah, no, um, but early, I've I've taken one step beyond you. I, I signed up for an ultra before I did the marathon, so oh, that I couldn't wow. talk myself out of it. So I'm doing that after. Um, I, I think it's also helped me feel better about the marathon because I'm like, well, you know, there's something next. I know there's something worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's further down the line. If you just put off the real fear to the very end, everything else in between feels doable. <laughs> Which one are you doing? The Devil of the Highlands. Um, so it's 42 miles of the West Highland Way. Oh, amazing. Which part of the West Highland Way? From Tindrum to Fort William, I think. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so a couple of Monroe's in there. It's about 6,500 feet of elevation as well. Oh, no biggie. Um, but there's, there's, ten, there's, there's eight people from my club and another couple that I know doing it as well. So I'm treating it as a picnic with a bit of running in between. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I thought of London. I just thought it was basically like a, a city tour. <laughs> like because it's the most London I've ever seen to be honest yeah yeah I'm down there quite a bit my sister's in Surrey so I'm down there a lot and I, I love it down there I love running there I, I go I go in the ballot every year one one year it will happen yeah well, oh totally that was my seventh attempt so yeah yeah get there. E- either that or I'll need to get on a skateboard and get good for age <laughs> oh that's funny well I always ballot for Berlin and I, I, I've i never got in and but what I've noticed this year is you can get automatic entry to the marathon as if you do the rollerblade marathon the day I before yeah, I, I, was like, I could do that <laughs> I, I, I just I think I'd rather run the charity place to be quite honest than kill myself <laughs> in a pair of rollerblades oh no I'd love to do that <laughs> um, no well my plan for Edinburgh is I've got a target in mind and if I can get it I I could be in with an outside chance of Chicago good for age. So that's oh, the, uh, that would be right on the precipice of a very good run. So that that's that's something to be shooting at. But that oh, might, yeah. um, so that that's I'm going out wearing my hat my sleeve and saying I'm going for it. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I've never run one before. So we'll, well Ellie's just committed to an ultra. You've committed to <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is the place where we're just gonna lay it down. So and Ellie, if you don't think I'll circle back and follow this up, you're absolutely wrong. I will be checking in to find out if you to find out what you ended up signing up for. Said it out loud now, That's so it. it needs to happen. She's manifesting. I didn't say when. Ah, well, I know, but by the time I edit this, I'll have probably signed you up to something like specific. It'll be an intro. Oh, Ellie, it's uh, doing the whatever. 
two two more things I want to do before I let you go. I really appreciate you getting getting you on. It was I wanted something where we're having this Edinburgh centric episode, but rather than just talk me talking about the the run because I will, I wanted to know a wee bit about the event. So it's brilliant to have two people so connected with it. One, we've got a press play and run playlist on Spotify where I ask everybody to name the running track they wouldn't be doing without on their rotation when they're training. Give me your tracks to add. Oh, I'm just going to give you one. And it's yeah. because the only time in London when I put my headphones on, it came on and it was Loch Lomond and it oh, was a tune. <laughs> that is a banger. As in the, the one from the end of the wedding? That As one. the end of the wedding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would have hit skip on that, I think. Oh, no <laughs> that would have been too, that would have been too emotional. Ellie, I, oh, Ellie's got the good tunes. Ellie, oh, hit no, me with a banger. If you didn't listen to Eurovision on, I didn't. Well, you need to get the Finland entry. Cha cha cha. It's called. I thought this playlist couldn't get more random, but you've managed. Well done, both of you. Cha cha cha. It's called by. I'm sure I won't mistake it for another cha 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 song, unless and it's a slide. Also up there would probably Laureen Euphoria as the banger. Yeah, and just because um, me and Gina like to play a bit of Westlife, um, I would throw in some Westlife there. Only as a well. certain Westlife. But, uh, yeah, when you're looking like that, Westlife. For the sake of my sanity, you're getting one early, so pick it. <laughs> which <laughs> which one? We'll go with yeah, cha cha cha, the Finland Eurovision entry. Consider it on there, Gina. Oh. Bef- before I let you both go, I want to ask you. I'm getting Lynette on. I'm speaking to her at like half six tonight. Mm-hmm. Tell me a wee bit about what We're in Edinburgh has done for you, what you've done for it, and just how your involvement in that came around. Wow. Um. Uh, so I started going to We're in Edinburgh in 2019. I'd run a 10k before, but just kind of you know that way you run a 10k and you're like, oh, I've completed it, and I wanted to actually do it better. So I went to one of the courses. And uh, the thing I always say is I went and I went back and Lynette couldn't get rid of me and then that was that. Um, But no, I've been going since then. um, And quite frankly, I probably wouldn't be running marathons and stuff without it. Like I've went through the courses, done the half marathons, done the social ones, like you say, where you can just talk to people. And it's the thing that kind of keeps me coming back to running. Um, And I've just got more and more involved with it ever since. And uh, yeah. It's like part of my life now and to be fair I probably wouldn't be in this job if I hadn't joined it because I joined it because I, as a runner I wanted to get better at running and kind of like you said earlier the more I got into it the more I wanted to be part of the community and help out and and then I just thought oh I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to get into organizing and that's how I found my way here so I wouldn't probably be here if I hadn't joined the group if I'm honest so yeah uh, she's, she does an incredible job of running everything and there's a whole bunch of people who volunteer their time to help run the social runs and all the stuff you might experience with your club as well people just pitching in and getting involved and uh, yeah. yeah it's it's a really um it's a really important part of my life and I know it is for a lot of other people that come along so what will come next is I will speak to Lynette and then we'll, we'll get this episode out. But as I said, if there's anything that we can help you with, just in terms of shining a light on the work that you are doing, the events that you're doing, if you're looking for people to volunteer, if there's messages you want to get out there, happy to be involved and just be a bit of a megaphone for the great work that you're doing. But I just want to say thank you to you both. I know how busy you'll be at this time. Oh. Um, I, wish you, I wish you the very best of luck. At least I only need to worry about Myron. You've got plenty more to worry about. I guess before we go, it's probably just worth um shouting out uh all the people who are running for charity so i know quite a lot of people who are running for charity as well and 
um, I was talk talking to someone this morning about it, and just as a you know, for EMF as an event, there's like 350 different charities that are going to be represented by the runners that all go, and there's already two million pounds raised for like local national charities and stuff. And I, I know a couple of people who are now in their taper and uh, they're just starting to reach their targets. And um, it means so much to them, not just to do the run, but to be representing their charity as well. And they're really proud to be wearing that t-shirt uh, on the course. And yeah. um, you know, the, the amount of, the amount running in general and things like EMF do for charities is just, it's, it's unreal. It, it yeah. really is. It's incredible to see them out there supporting the runners and the runners out there supporting the charities. So everyone who's running for charity, like massive luck. And, and yeah, to everyone, to runners. But, yeah, yeah. Have, a, have a great race. Very, said. very well said to people taking that on. And I hope everybody's a great run. I hope everybody's day is what they hope it to be. And if it's not, it's just a run and there's always a next one. If it's yeah. not, if it's not, twenty twenty four entries are open. Exactly. Come on back. <laughs> Even I thought that was optimistic that you were trying to get people to sign up before they've run the first one. <laughs> and there is also, um, if anyone's listening to this, entries for the five k, the ten k, and the half are still open till Friday. Yeah. So even when this goes out on the Thursday, they'll still be open for one more day. So yeah, and okay. the kiddies races. Yeah. If anyone is wanting to do a wee five k, ten k. Yeah. Half Hello. marathon, yeah. Kilometer. They're Come still, on down. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put that out in the stories as well. Yeah, great. Thank you yeah. so much. No, anything we can do, anything that gets more people there, more eyes on the event, more people running, that's what we're after. Awesome. Thank Amazing. you so much. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much. And the second part of today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by another stalwart of the Edinburgh running community. Lynette Lowe, in addition to being the founder of We Run Edinburgh, is an experienced marathon runner, personal trainer, fitness coach, and running coach. Welcome to the show, Lynette. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm delighted to get you on. Delighted. <laughs> on, on this episode, Lynette, I wanted an Edinburgh-centric show um, with the marathon coming up, so that'll be my first yeah. marathon. I'm becoming more familiar with the Glasgow scene. I don't know as much about Edinburgh, but you have come up several times as a name of... Um, somebody who's integral to what happens there. So can you tell me a wee bit about, I suppose, your own running first, when that started for you, and then we'll move on to maybe that foundation of We Run Edinburgh and how it started to explode? Yeah, of course. Uh, it feels like a really long story, but I'm sure it's not really. Um, I started running back in 2009 purely because I'd joined a gym and I hated it. And I thought I have to do something other than go to this gym and go on the treadmill and and I basically just went on the treadmill because it was the only thing I knew how to use and from there you start thinking it'd be cheaper if I just went outside <laughs> you know if I just ran outside I could see some views I wouldn't just be watching the tv above the treadmill um, and that's kind of where it started and I didn't really know where it was going to take me but somewhere I, I can't even really remember where when I started running I got lost in Edinburgh one day and it was before Strava and uh, being able to like plot out your runs. I used to take a piece of paper with me and and I got lost with all the street um, street names. And when I got home, I realised I'd run 10k. And that was the kind of start of, do you know, if I can run 10k by accident, I reckon I could do a half. And that's kind of where it started from there. And then over... Yeah, since then, uh, as soon as I did, my first race was the Great North Run in 2009. 
and I absolutely loved it. It was just an absolute buzz. And that was the September, and by the April, I ran my first marathon, which was Paris um, in 2010. And just since then, I've just I've had a bit of an on-off relationship with running over the few years after that. And I think the problem was I ran on my own, and you get bored of your same playlists, the same voices in your head, having no one to talk to you about it. And I think from there, I started to get to know people who were other runners. And I just decided, let's just get some women together and see if we can start a thing um, and see what happens. And that's kind of where everything kind of came together. So a a couple of things jump out to me there. One is the familiarity of that story um, that I hear from so many of our guests and that I probably have followed that journey myself. You just get fed up of hearing your own breathing after a while, don't you? It's... Yeah. It's so easy to fall in and out of love with what you're doing when it's just you. Yeah. Then yeah, the world exactly. opens up and you think, okay, I've got accountability to be in a place with other people. And that sometimes is enough to keep you out the door. But that yeah. was quite an interesting thing that you started and you were racing almost immediately. Was that something where, was there a competitive element to your life or sport before running? Um, or did that just sort of creep in? Um, I don't. I don't think I'm very competitive with other people, but I think when you start running, you realise you're competitive with yourself. When you when you start thinking like, oh, I can, I've done that. What if I push it a little bit more and like, can I do that as well? I just ha- I have a memory of a family friend running the old Dundee Marathon in the 80s, and it was such a big deal in the 80s that everyone. I remember we, we got out of church early to sit on the wall and cheer the marathon runners. And for me, that's always stuck in my head of like a marathon was a pretty incredible thing. And I think when I finished the Great North Run, you know, you're tired, but you're kind of like, I think I could do this. Like, I think I could give it a go. And I would really love to know what that feeling's like of being able to run a marathon. So I think it's just always going like, what's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? And And that's all it is, really. And, and it starts with a, an accidental 10k or a 5k <laughs> or your very first your very first jog walk on a fi- couch yeah. to 5k it's the, the marathon never ever appealed to me like that where i thought mm. it was always something i thought was for other people like that's for the runners i'm a 5k 10k yeah. and I've, even doing triathlon up to half ironman still didn't ever think a marathon was in touching distance it's just felt like such a a big distance um yeah but opening Which it up, is. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course it is. But running with other people who've run marathons makes it much more tangible because then I think it's not about being competitive with those people, but it's me looking saying, yeah, well, I can do what they can do over 10. I can do what they can do yeah. over a half. It's just a, it's just a matter of the training. That's the difference. And you start to, yeah. I think it, it becomes something very tangible when you open your world up to others that have done it in and around your sphere. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, the, I think when I started running, I wasn't putting anything on Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. So I didn't have any doubts. I was just going with what was going on in my head. It was, so I didn't have, I didn't have anyone to look at and be like, oh, they can do a marathon. Oh, but I wouldn't be able to do that because they're better. Because, you you know, we do that. Yeah, now. Yeah. Like, we look at everyone on Instagram and we think, oh, they're better than us. I couldn't possibly do that. And I think I didn't have that to distract me. It was like, 
I just want to give this a go um, mm-hmm. and see what happens. That's like the double-edged sword of the social media because I, I, I don't really see it that way personally, but I think it depends on mm. your mindset. I see it as I, I'm quite inspired by what I see. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, if they can do that, I, I think I can do that. But that depends completely on where your head is because you yeah. can also, you will find somebody, you're two clicks away from finding somebody that's faster than you will ever be. Always, but, yeah. But, but you're only another two away from somebody who would kill to run as fast as you can or as far as you can. <laughs> yeah. or, and that's the world That's yeah. the world that you operate in there. The gym the gym thing then, so can you talk me through, before I move on to, to sort of We Run Edinburgh and and where you took us up to there you're a coach as well and i've seen actually some of your videos and i've, I've watched you talking about like arm swing and i think i can't do that i can't do that i was watching <laughs> I've, I've been doing a bit of a deep dive and you talk about all the things i know i do wrong and i still can't fix when i'm when i'm running but when did, <laughs> when did the coaching side become part of your life it's really weird looking back because i i really did hate the gym and so when i think now that i'm a gym owner i think it's totally bonkers that I've come this full circle. Coaching started after we run Edinburgh started oh, because right, that okay. was just supposed. Yeah, so that was just supposed to be like a girls get together, let's go for a run, yeah. and then it and then it got a bit serious. And I decided, well, I think I could change my career, and I think I could give this a pretty good shot because I say I was approaching forty, and I don't know if it was a bit of a midlife crisis or whether it's a I can't do what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I need to make a decision pretty soon. And it just, I felt like I just went through a natural progression of like, this is where I want to be next. What if I try this? And it's like the same thing with learning to run. It was like, oh, so now I've got a run group. Maybe I should go and do my my jog leader um, yeah. qualification. And maybe I could then do my coaching running fitness. And then, well, let's add on, um, you know, personal training onto that because now I'm getting a good understanding of it. So... Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of snowballed that way, really. It's brave and it's bold because you still at some point have to take your two feet, jump in and say, well, I'm going to try and make this my life now as well. Yes. Does that lady or girl who walked into a gym the first time and thought, I don't know how to do anything except a treadmill and I hate it because I, in another world, I'm that girl, but I'm, I walk into the gym <laughs> and, I, and I'm that guy who's in there saying, I'm going to do strength and conditioning and I just... I'm drawn to the treadmill because it's safe and I know what I'm doing there, but I can do that outside. So I just stay away from the gym. Does yeah. having been that person help you now as a gym owner to understand what people face walking in for the first time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the thing for me with working in a gym is that I want people to come into it and know how know to be able to pick up a piece of equipment and know how to like set up a squat rack or move the bench into the correct position if they're going to do bench press or or how to set up a rower or the treadmill. The gym I have is a really small gym. It's like a little studio. But I always want people to be able to feel confident walking into a commercial gym. And I and I think people gravitate to the treadmill because you can you can be doing something on the treadmill but scanning the rest of the gym at the same time to see like where you could go next, who's doing what, what are they doing with that, like with the, those weights over there. So it's a really good way to scan the gym and see what you think is maybe possible. 100%. And where there's a quiet corner. Yeah, that's, run, that's you run beside the, the mirror. You run beside the mirror of the window so that you can see in the reflection <laughs> what others are doing. It's so <laughs> yeah. true. It is so, so yeah, true. Exactly. Everybody does it. But how do you create the culture? 
<clears throat> as a gym owner of because it's not just you that's there the, the problem with it in a commercial gym and it's completely in my head when i go in is that it feels like everybody else is not in that position it does feel like well they're moving the bench they know what they're doing and it can be you know the vest brigade and the muscles are up and the and you're in there going, oh, I don't, I'm not even going to go and approach that set of free weights there because I don't know what to do with it. How do you help to create that culture and keep it in, a, in your environment? I think for me, it's, um, it's building confidence with technique and using equipment. If you know that you're going to pick up a kettlebell and you understand like how, how you're going to use it, then I think that's the first step. It's the confidence in picking up a piece of equipment and using it. And I think knowing that, you know, when you go into the gym, you've got as much right to be there as as a runner who wants to feel a little bit stronger and maybe reduce injury risk. You've got as much right to be there as someone who is bodybuilding or, you know, is there because they want to get a pump on before a Friday night on the town, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Everyone has a right to be there, but I think we've just we've put barriers up in in gyms. Like, but there's sometimes you have dreadful uh, layouts where they make it so that there's small areas for people to own that space and not really let anyone else come into it. So. Yeah, that, that's a that's cultural. But I suppose I used to feel like yeah. that about the track, and I don't so much now because I now feel yeah. knowledgeable enough to be, say, well, I can be in there myself and I know what I'm doing on that track. And I don't feel yeah. like a like a fish up a tree. You know, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's, it's... the track's a really interesting one as well because it's the most simplest thing. But stepping out onto the track for the first time, you can be like, what way am I supposed to run? There's <laughs> someone else here. Am I allowed to use it? And I think if you just have like a couple of top tips of like, that's a top tip, you know, go in an anti-clockwise direction. Yeah. And... You know, if you're a slower runner, maybe go in the outer lanes. You know, there's little things like that. If if you can, if you can have a little bit of confidence and just know here's a couple of rules for how to use the track, then it's not such a scary place, and it's the same with the gym as well. Yeah, my first ever track session was it was at Crown Point in Glasgow, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was empty, not a soul there, and it was great because somebody had written down for me what I had to do. I had no smartwatch, I had nothing else. I was sort of trying to i knew it was 400 meters so yeah. you're trying to do like workout sets Math. oh i had quick maths and it's this <laughs> is not ahead for quick maths but i was doing absolutely fine 20 minutes into the session and then the club came out i don't know who the club were oh my goodness i, I stopped my <laughs> session after about another two laps i just went nah they were warming up yeah. for the long jump and there were 100 meter sprinters i'm like i'm not running there anymore it's yeah I just clammed up and it's because i didn't it was just confidence just a confidence thing whereas now yeah. i mean and it is easily the best and my favorite place to go and do an interval session is on the track i don't need to deal with roads yeah. and traffic and all of that but that the gym is that world for me as well i'm still i'm still not there yet but you're right and what my real takeaway was there is if i want to get better at the gym i have to go out on a friday night is that what you're saying yeah, something like that. No. <laughs> no, but I think I think having a having like you said with the track that the first time you went you, you had it written down what you were doing. And I think that's part of it is going into gym and no have a little mini program, like know in advance what you're going to be doing because it makes it so much easier than going in and going, I have no I think I'm going to do some squats, I might do some lunges. Yeah. You have to have a plan. Yeah, and I'm I'm using I've used for this marathon block a, a an online coaching app, um for mm. the simple reason that I 
didn't really feel the need for a coach in terms of accountability wasn't what I needed. I, what I wanted help yeah. with was the structure of a plan to take the thinking out the plan. It's got strength and yeah. conditioning and thankfully it's got videos and that's so helpful to be able to dip your toe in because it says something yeah. like Bulgarian split squat and I'm like, what, what? That's, yeah. that, that doesn't that sounds like a wrestling move to me, not a not a gym move. But then there's a little YouTube video, and you can start to yeah. dip the twin. That's safe. That's good. That creates a culture for me where oh, I can do that. Yeah. I just need I can do that in the privacy of my own home, and it's not so embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. So before you get to we run Edinburgh, then you've run Berlin. Paris, Manchester was 2022, if I got that right in your timeline. And 2021. 21, but we're in Edinburgh is already going by then because you're six years old there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, so two marathons before before you set that up, is that right? Maybe more. Uh, oh, God, my timeline's dreadful. I've only um, got the marathons that are on Insta, so there could be more that I just don't nah, know about. No, there's definitely more. Because um, I've done 12 in total. Oh, okay. That's uh, more than the five I've got. Yeah. Probably because some of them were before I was even on Insta. Yeah, um, but, but you should have written them all. There's a backdated catalogue. Come on, in case for this yeah, very I moment, know. Lynette. I know. I know. Um, no, I think there was there was maybe three or four before I started We Run Edinburgh. That's amazing. And how yeah. many of them have been majors? Two. Ber- Berlin, Berlin and London. London. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Your experience then, your marathon running, and you then say, I'm starting this thing. That was your words. I'm going to start this thing. Mm-hmm. Why? Why not? Jo- why was it not I'm going to join this thing? Why was it I'm going to start this thing? What was yeah. what was not on the scene that you wanted to be on the scene? So the, the main thing was, is at the time I worked in retail and I was a store manager. And although stores close at six o'clock, that does not mean that's when you're getting out. So at least... 6.30 before I'm getting out the door and locking up. Most run groups have already started by then. It just got to the point where I would really have loved to have joined a running club, but they, it just wasn't possible with my job. So I did manage a couple of occasions to go to a couple of clubs, but it, it didn't feel like it was for me. I didn't, I probably didn't try it enough, but it didn't feel friendly enough yeah. for me. The clubs that I tried, it, it just, it felt a a little bit too, I don't know, clicky. Runnery and clicky. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And that isn't that isn't on them. That's I think it was more on me of what I wanted from when I ran. I, I always felt that when I was training, and because, because I have a dog, so it would be like mornings before work were about taking the dog out. They weren't for running. So I had to run after I finished work. So it was always at night. And of course, when you're training for marathons, spring marathons, you're always running in the dark. And I used to see so many women running. And I, you know, you would say hi to each other. But I always thought, what are they training for? Yeah. Like, why can't we run together? Like, why is there not a group of women running together? And I, I looked up to see if there was. And I think there's that whole thing that if you think that if you can run with other women, it's not as intimidating as running with men. Uh, because you, the assumption is that men are always faster runners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of where the idea came from, was like, well, I would quite like to run with other women because I would like to, I'd like to know other women in Edinburgh because I'm I'm not originally from Edinburgh. I'm from Dundee and I'd been in, in Edinburgh a long time, but I didn't have any friends who ran. Yeah. So it was like, let's get some women together for a run. 
Yeah, and that that all female thing is even if it's just the psychological safe space, even if it's not about physical safety, it's about that as you said. Well, we're all the same. There's a social element to that, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so you spot that, or not? You spot the gap. You feel the gap. There's not something yeah. for you based on your life circumstances. What next? I'm going to start a group. What do you, What do you do? How do you How do you go about that? <laughs> so, um, there was a couple of people I got to know who also worked in retail, and they felt the same. Like by the time, like one of them is a, a sh- like owns her own boutique, and it was the same case. Like can't get out on time to go and meet, do, uh, join a run group. So I said to her one day, I'm thinking of starting a running group and I'd had this idea over a glass of wine with my partner as you do and I just said to him I think I'm going to start this running group I feel like there's scope for it in Edinburgh and then one of my other friends who I I ran with I sort of recently started running with I said to her I'm going to start this on Wednesday you better be there <laughs> you're, you're here you're coming <laughs> yeah I was like do not leave me hanging <laughs> I want to do this and please be there so it was the two of us, and I just had this, as much as I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, um, but I, the song, like, Who Run the World, Girls, of it was playing, and I just had this thing of, like, we're going to call it We Run Edinburgh. And that's that's just what it is. That's That's exactly what we're going to do. And so the first night we met, and we took a photograph of our feet, and I put, like, insert your feet here for next week. And it started really slowly. I mean, I think there was three of us the following week and then maybe four the week after. In my naivety, I thought, we'll keep this going through August. And then I realised very quickly, no one runs in Edinburgh in August because of the festival. So I ran on my own. Um, (laughs) um, Had you even thought of that, actually? Yeah, no, nobody runs in August. Um, Or not anywhere near the city centre, anyway. And then once we kind of got to September, it was... Just surprisingly, there would just be like one person there who I'd never met before. And I'd be like, oh, wow, there's someone here that I don't know. And I'd be like, how did you hear about it? Oh, it came up on Instagram. Is that where you started it? Was it Insta? Is that how you were getting the word out? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it kind of just started from there. And you know when you're like, okay, this is becoming a thing. Um, So that was the the May of uh, 2017. We kind of kept it going and I think I think by like the September I think I'd already decided I better do my jog leader course with Scottish Athletics because people were starting to ask me questions and I thought I should probably have some the basic <laughs> answers in there <laughs> yeah I should at least cover the health and safety part of this <laughs> am I insured for this or I better get that bit done <laughs> that was basically it, it was yeah. like oh god if something happens I'm not yeah. sure so that was where it started so yeah yeah i found out a wee bit about that course through these conversations with people about what's involved and obviously that's step yeah. one and that you've taken that a step further to do the coaching and run yeah. fitness and i only know a couple of people that have done that and they tend to be in your industry now in my yeah. experience or whether that's become their life or they're so passionate yeah. about it but they, those people that's been the biggest thing about joining a club for me as well. It's not just the social bit. That's been amazing. It's been great to run with people. But yeah. at our interval sessions, we do them jointly with Canvas Lang, Harriers and Newton Road Runners. There's some coaches mm-hmm. there. You can just pick up those little <clears throat> nuggets from people 
along the way and it's not intense yeah. it's nothing like intensive coaching it's usually getting shouted at yeah. for me because that, that's how i respond but it's <laughs> there, are, there are those nuggets of somebody watching what you're doing and t- have you ever tried or think about this or it's it's, yeah. so, it's so helpful to have somebody in the group with that knowledge so i'm sure so many people have benefited from you going down that track yeah i hope so i hope so it was the the january after that that i decided to start a new runners it just kind of came about naturally. I think because when you do your your jog leader course, they kind of get you start thinking about like how would you how would you start a run group and how would you, you know, like the, I think the example they gave us on that day was you're starting a, a couch to five k group. How are you going to do it and how you're going to progress? And then you get these ideas and you think I could actually do this. Yeah. The first new runners group, the zero to five k that we did, there was ten of them that turned up. It was, I think it was the 4th of January and it was pouring with rain. Like it, nobody should have turned up. No one should have been there that night, but they all turned up and we stood under a tree and we did introductions, a warm up and then got started. And you know, when you're like, why, why is everyone yeah. here? This is mad. Because, um, because you're giving them something they, they're seeking to. It's not. Yeah. Can you talk me through the structure of it? Sort of now, Gina. I had Gina on earlier, who will be at the start of this episode, speaking specifically yeah. about her role um, within the Edinburgh Marathon, which I'll be running in. But yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't let her away without asking her about you because I knew you were coming oh, on oh to speak God. to me. She was so complimentary <laughs> and actually credited you with. She's now involved in the same industry uh, in terms of running as mm-hmm. a, a part of her work and her life, and she said. Quite frankly, she wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for you and the experience wow. she's garnered and so much respect for what you do. What is the structure of that now? I know I see the picture. You've got a huge group. We are in Edinburgh. It's a brilliant name to begin with, by the way. It's a, it's, <laughs> it was a stroke of genius to land on it. But yeah, you've got a lot of people showing up for these runs now. Is it structured into beginner groups, half marathon groups, or is it just a social thing? Can you talk me through what it looks like? The main thing was that I always wanted the consistency of a social run. So that's every Wednesday, 6.30. The only stipulation we have is that you can you can run a continuous 5K. So it, we always have we always have like two two routes available. We have a 5K, which we try and keep nice and easy. And then we have like about 7 to 8K. But the whole point is it is chatty. It is not a race. No one's there to get a PB. We do different routes every week. So it's just turn up and see where we go. It might be the easiest, uh, flattest route. It might be a really hilly one. It might be around Arthur Seat. It just all depends. But And it's based on people volunteering. So I think now we run into Edinburgh. I'm sure I'll probably miss it. I think there's like eight of us who have our jog leader yeah. qualification. So it means that We've always got, so within the social run, we always have front runners and back runners. No one goes ahead of the front runner. No one falls behind the back runner. And we take plenty of walk breaks if we need it. We stop at traffic lights, make sure. So the front runner gives the thumbs up to the back runner and we just make sure that we're all ready to go. So that's kind of the main thing. That's what we're yeah. all about. But there's also the, the reason that new runners started with people like, I would love to join your social run, but I can't run 5K. So, okay. So then we started the new runners, getting them up to 5K. But then from there, it was like, well, I can run 5K. What next? Okay. So then we added in progressive runners. And at first I was doing 
I was doing all the groups myself. Um, so it would be like Monday night would be new runners, Tuesday night progressive runners, Wednesday night social run. Um, and that was while I was still working in retail. And then from there, that kind of that kind of stuck for quite a few years. And I think also with lockdown, it kind of became a bit trickier as well. And then from there, I think lockdown was a wee bit of a, it was like a, a total change for We Run Edinburgh. Because I would say on average, there was maybe like 10 or 15 people running on a Wednesday. And after lockdown and everybody was kind of free again, that's when like the 30, 40, 50 each Wednesday was yeah. suddenly like, oh my God, here we go. This is, this is yeah, something, something different. Yeah. Yeah. But basically what, what happened is without going into too long a story, during lockdown, people were still messaging me saying, I don't know what to do. I still want to run, but obviously we can't meet up. So once we got to the point where maybe like, I think it was like, I think six people were allowed to meet up outside. I think that's where it was. I got everyone to message me and tell me what area they lived in. And I set up little mini groups. So it was like, there was a Gorgie and Dalry group. There was um, an Arthur Seat group. There was a Lease group. There was a City Centre group. And within all of them, there's ended up being about 20 in each group or like up to 20 in each group. Yeah. So I think once we all came back together, then everyone just kind of swarmed to the City Centre again. So... That's kind of where We Run Edinburgh adapted through lockdown, was that they could keep their own WhatsApp groups and chat and arrange yeah. to meet up locally. So Behind every local running community where, where I've delved into through this, there is somebody doing what mm-hmm. you did there, though. And almost, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Bob Burrow here, who was a guest, Coalsyth Runner, uh, episode two, and he started Coalsyth Runners, yeah. sorry there. And okay. Bob, you see what you were saying there? That's... That's where my head went straight away. He's now got, he's gone from his first group who graduated and then what next? So he's now got a new group and now he's got his graduate group and now he's actually got a group that are beyond that. But he's still, it's Bob, it's Bob, it's Bob. And and I know that there's the, well, how do you get your own training in? Did that impact you? Did that put your own running on the back burner? Yes, in some ways. I would try and make the groups part of my training as well. But that... And I think for a, a couple of the years, I just let my ru- running suffer. Uh, not suffer, I think that's a little bit extreme, because I was still running and I was and I was loving it. And, no, but I and understand what you mean. Doing, but I wasn't focusing on me and my goals. And then kind of brings back to Gina. is like having people like Gina and Susie and Lauren who have said they wanted to get more involved with the groups and have gone out and got their dog leaders. And then so like... Gina is my right-hand woman. Like the progression of We Run Edinburgh in the last couple of years, I couldn't have done it without Gina. Like yeah. she's just been absolutely brilliant for that progression. So she kind of looks after the 10k group now, and then Susie used to look after the 5k. It's now Lauren that's looking after after that. So I don't have to run with those two groups yeah. anymore. And they haven't. They have good knowledge to run those groups, and even like the way that they've come through running them. They're, they have that experience of it was them, they did it, you know yeah. I think Gina did the progressive run, the 5 thank you. I think she did it like three times and I couldn't get rid of her Yeah, <laughs> she said that, she said she turned up and you couldn't get rid of her <laughs> Honestly, um, and then it was just like, do you want to help me with it? Like, yeah. 
you know it backwards. So why but that, that's no, it? that's who came to mind. And I'm, there's a, there'll be a, a yes. whole host of people out there. You've got the idea. You start it. If it goes well, though, you have to be somewhat prepared for that success. And probably yeah. you've had to cede a wee bit of control as well because yeah. it's flourished beyond the numbers that you can control and have a life. Um, but yeah. that's that's a huge huge marker of success. Yeah, but I think what's been really amazing about We're on Edinburgh is. Um, so I had this fear when I was setting it up because I had I had tried a British military fitness class and a friend had asked me to come along because she had said, there's other girls in the group, but they don't talk to me. And so I went along and we had a great night, the two of us, but the same other girls didn't talk to us. Yeah. And that that had been a couple of years before. And I think I had this fear of what if I start this run group and it becomes really cliquey and it becomes bitchy and people you know like people start backstabbing each other that was yep. a real fear but i i can honestly say hand on heart that every single person that i've met through we on Edinburgh, i'm like they're amazing they're great oh they're, she's so nice everybody's giving something back to it which is great yeah which i really love i feel like if you know like a lot of media is like women against women and i think Coming to something like We're on Edinburgh just tells you that that's not the way the world is. It's not about women being pitched against each other and comparing themselves. Actually, we just get on with things and and, and it's a really amazing group like that, that everyone wants yeah. to help each other out. It can be, though. though that thing, that yeah. can happen, not just in a group with women. That can happen. And I've seen yeah. that in, in sports clubs where, you know, there's clubs within the club almost and it's difficult to, mm. to get... You're always a wee bit on the outside looking in, but that's kudos to you and the people involved that that's the culture you set. It's why I was asking about the culture of the gym as well. You sort of, yeah. what you permit, you promote type thing, and, and clearly yes. you've created yeah. that culture. Um, I, I think you first came in my radar when I started this podcast page and I was looking at just who are these running groups in Scotland that I do know that I don't mm. know. And the first thing that I saw was the New Balance sponsorship. <laughs> I think that's probably what put you on my radar. I think it flashed up and I read an article. Yeah. So can you talk me through how that came about and, and what that's yeah. brought? Because what a, what a moment that must have been for you getting to London and seeing some of yeah. your members literally advertising within the event. It's That's incredible. It has been the strangest but most amazing experience in the last few months. I had, towards the end of last year in October, just as I got my place for London, I thought I was going on my own because I didn't the, I didn't really know that many people who had got places. There was a couple of people that had got in and they were planning on going down with their partners. And to be fair to my partner, he's he's been to enough marathons as a supporter. Well, I thought he'd been, I thought he'd maybe <laughs> been to four or five, but 12, you've, you've had your shot. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 done, and I don't blame him <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I had this thing in my head that I was going on my own, and I was quite happy to do it because I just thought I want to absorb it. This is I've wanted to do London for so long, yeah. And but really, within about a week, I got a stress fracture in my ankle, and I basically didn't run for four months. So there was the possibility of not being able to do London, and then just at Christmas time. I got an email from a marketing company linked with New Balance asking if we would be interested in being part of their London Marathon campaign. I immediately sent the email to Gina and said, is this legit? Yeah, as you do. <laughs> or is this a total no. scam? Scam, yeah. yeah. 
So she read it and she was like, no, I've, I, as Gina does, I will research through LinkedIn and check all the people who are in the company, blah, blah, blah. And she came back and she was like, no, I think it's legit. And I was like, then I should probably reply. And it's just been really weird. It started off with, is there anybody in your group who would be interested in running London Marathon? So I started by putting little questions on Instagram stories like, what's your goals for 2023? And have you ever considered a marathon? If so, which one? And, you know, like all these different yeah. uh, things, just to see who who was biting, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to put out there and say, hey, we have five places for London Marathon, who would like one? Because I knew that it would then, there would be this like massive Hands up influx. Everywhere. And I wouldn't, yeah. So I wanted to do it quite like under the radar, who yeah. was interested. And I initially knew that I wanted Gina to be part of it. I already had my place, so I didn't have to worry about me taking a place. So, so we got our five runners and we all had to put together a little bio about ourselves. And with, within that, they then chose Adele to be their poster girl. And by like the 3rd of January, she was off to London doing a photo shoot. And yeah. it was just, you know, when you're like, this is the craziest, like, what? how have we got someone in our group who's going to be on billboards? It was, that's hours? what it was. It was literally on bus stops and billboards and yeah. buses. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it was the whole just shebang. Crazy. Um, and it just seemed to roller coaster and, and they were honestly like the nicest brand to work for. Like yeah. just couldn't do more for us. Like they even said, as a thanks, we would like to give you a party. And we were like, who's thanking who? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? We should be saying thanks to you. They organized uh, a pizza run party at Chiverino's, um, which is our favorite place to go for pizza after run. So as soon as I got in touch with the owner, and said, would you be interested in doing an event with us and New Balance? The owner, uh, Michaeli, got in touch with me about 20 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. And then just everything came together really well. They looked after us so well in London. Yeah. We went to an event on the Friday night that was a press event, which was really cool. We had a shakeout run with five other groups in London. They did our hair, our nails. We got massage. We got all kinds of food and treats and mm-hmm. Um, kitted out a new balance as well yeah the kit was just incredible i think i'll still be wearing london marathon (laughs) for the next 10 years yeah people will be like oh god she's still wearing that exactly at least you're not wearing the medal (laughs) with it all i know i know um and then the fact that they also they also paid for 20 of our uh team to come down and support us yeah. Um. And be our cheer squad. Like it still gives me goosebumps. Uh. They were at the Blackfriars Tunnel at the twenty-four mile mark, and they had these like drums right next to them, and you could hear it about a mile away. And I yeah. knew that as we were getting towards those drums, that that's where our cheer crew could be. Yeah. And even now, if I listen to you know the track uh, "Born Slippy." Mm-hmm. If I listen to that and towards the end, there's these drum beats that keep going. I can feel like the emotion just building up in me and I get goosebumps. It's just the weirdest thing. So that's amazing. Um, really incredible. Like I'm I'm so thankful for New Balance for yeah. even taking the time to look at our Instagram and think that we were worth a punt. I think it's pretty incredible. There, there are companies doing some brilliant things on that front mm. and I think you need to give them I, I enjoy hearing the story of it and giving them credit and I know that's part of the deal they don't they don't gain nothing from it they are 
obviously tying yeah. your work to their brand and, and but do you know what more power to them because they're shining yeah. a light on groups and i had emancipated run crew on who've worked with on running and yeah. leanne on from the brooks run happy team and this is all normal everyday runners that that could be lost in the shadows yeah. having a big light sh shone in the work it's brilliant yeah. to see it's just amazing because you're, yeah. it's not elite athletes getting places here this is everyday runners from edinburgh that came to you yeah. not able to run 5k at the start and that's i think that's a brilliant thing to be celebrated so uh, yeah. i loved i loved the story i loved reading about it and even more that was quite a vivid portrayal of of that london like those that yeah. coming into mile 24 i'm sure that was an emotional moment the definitely a feeling of um like everything tightens your chest tightens your throat tightens and knowing that they are coming close I kept on telling myself, and I know that the rest of the team were the same that were running. It's that saying of like, don't break down now. Like, yeah. don't burst into tears because you know you want to. Because you're filled with so much emotion. You're like, just, and I remember thinking, just high five everyone and, and like, you know, like mm -hmm. shout and cheer and stuff like that. And then just get on with the, the final, <laughs> the final two miles. And then you can have your breakdown then. But yeah, it, yeah. Was, pretty, it was really incredible. And uh, and I don't want to bypass. You're not going to say it, so I will. You got into London through a good for age. This wasn't a, an accidental yeah. ballot place. Um, so wh where was that? Where did you get that? Uh, Manchester. Years and years in the making, I assume, of just eking those times down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it has taken time. There's a point where I think after there's maybe like a couple of marathons, you're like, okay, I think I might have something. Yeah. I feel like something's starting to pick up. And I did have I did have a running coach leading up to that Manchester marathon. Um because what I thought I wanted was a Boston qualifying time, yeah. which I still do. But just a lot of things in life. Uh my partner and I had just bought a new a new flat and there was a lot of renovations and there was no way I could afford to go to Boston. Yeah. So I after doing all that work wanting a Boston place and then saying I am going to take a chance at getting a good rage for London instead. It was a bit scary, but it was it was totally worth it. Totally is the, worth it. Is the London time quicker than the Boston time? Excuse my ignorance. Uh, no, it's it's a, uh, Boston's a little bit yeah. quicker. Yeah, they're all um, they're, they're all they all they're all a bit different. I mean, I think I remember looking at the for my age to see because this is my first marathon. And I thought, I wonder what they yeah. are. There's quite a range within those majors of what I mean. New York was. Basically, I don't know if I could do that on a bike. Never mind running it, and then yeah. <laughs> and then Chicago. I'm thinking mm, that's on the. I, I I've got a chance at that if I run well. Yes, Chicago and London, I think, are probably the the more doable. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I could be totally wrong. But my my theory is with the women's time. So, for example, London that was just passed. For every ten men, there's only one female runner. So there's still a massive disparity in men and women running marathons or running in general. Yeah. And I think what they do is they, um, and I'm not taken away from any woman who is, you know, getting their times down for runs, but I think they're slightly easier yeah. for women to get a time because they want to make sure that women are applying. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got zero issue with with that kind of proactive approach to making sure a start line's representative of a population yeah. because how do young yeah, exactly. girls ever see themselves doing that if 
they don't see women. If they only see one woman for every yeah. 10 men on that line at the start, yeah, it's, exactly. it's another reason to think you can't do something. So, yeah, if you've got yeah. to do that, to, it's, they're tough to achieve, certainly, but that that yeah. is that's a bit of a an outside aim for me. I'm saying outside yeah. aim. That's my actual aim it's for Edinburgh. Not, I mean, when I, when I look at the qualifying times for men and women, I... I look at them and I think, I am so glad I'm a woman. (laughs) And I'm so glad I'm a woman over 40 because that is getting easier. But I do think, uh, I look at men's times and I think, that's a serious amount of running. And, you know, I I get that you have a hormonal benefit, (laughs) you know, being a man. You know, but yeah, they they are seriously tough times. My my best chance for New York is to stay at this speed until I'm about 65. (laughs) <laughs> and then to maintain my pace for the next 20 odd years and then I've got a sporting chance <laughs> yeah. because those, those times are mad they are they are and I think that's what's been really good uh, I only get, came into running in my 30s so it, as much as it's interesting wondering what I could have been like as a runner in my teens or 20s I just love the idea that I'm still getting faster and I'm I, you know I'm Same. in my mid 40s now and I, I really love that I'm pushing it to see how far I can take it. Yeah, I, I see people that run in the Masters and things, and I've spoken to them and I know them, that are 10 years older than me, and I'll likely never be as fast as the, the age that we are at at the moment is not a barrier to getting faster or better. No, or, absolutely not, um, no. But, I, I mean, it's different from starting when you were 12, but that's a that's a fairly rare journey that somebody sticks in athletics from that age right through it's it's still a peripheral yeah. type thing in schools and it's yeah. something you do in the summer in school it's not a it's not usually people's first go-to for their sport yet no no not at all like not me all. you play football then you get fat and then you think about do something about it so you start running <laughs> um what about in the Edinburgh Marathon. So, how many of your We Run Edinburgh crew are involved? I know that obviously now I know that some people are involved in the actual event itself, but have you got yeah. many, many runners? Yeah. So, we, as well as like the new runners in 10K Club, we also have Half Marathon Club and Marathon Club uh, that I coach. So, I think we have 20 doing the Half Marathon That's and eight doing the Marathon. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good. I really love Edinburgh Marathon weekend. Have you run um, it before? I'm yes, three times oh, okay. for my sins. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell uh, me about what to expect. Um, Don't sugarcoat it for me, Lynette. Just give me it straight. <laughs> I saw your face no, there. You no, know, no. Well, it it is a good marathon. The thing I would say is you can get all four seasons in one day. Um, I've had I've had hail, you know, horizontal along the coast the first year I did it and then you could have sun split in the pavement two minutes later it's a, it is a really pretty course like there's nothing better than going through Portobello along the promenade like that's it's just a shame it's really early it's like I think about the 10k mark but it's re- the atmosphere along there is really good the only thing I would say is the further out because it's quite a rural road is once you kind of at the 20 mile mark and you're starting to come back around it, it is quite quiet there so you really do need to get in the earphones and yeah. get some tunes on or something like that to really like keep you going. But it is a, it's really flat, so there is really good potential. Yeah. On that one. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I've done the half before, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously it sends you out on that road um, for some yeah. of it as well. And it's the same start point as when I did it pre-COVID. Yeah. Must have been 2018, I think. I, I got caught out that day on the downhill at the start. I went out 
like everybody does and I, and I paid for it and I missed what I was aiming for but and I, and I knew it was slipping away because I got far too overexcited at the first kind of five six seven k yeah. um and then you realize you're at 5k pace and you're saying oh, okay stop <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's just just it's like when you come down the mound it's like let your body take you but don't push the pace yeah. like just get into a really comfortable pace but the first definitely the first three four kilometers you just need to think about getting really steady into your pace and sticking with it yeah it's so easy to um, just the excitement and the adrenaline and yeah exactly off. exactly but it's that's the that's the joy of the marathon though isn't it it's like or joy of half marathon all these endurance runs it, it teaches you a lot about yourself and it's like that excitement of of doing it but having enough energy at the at the end to kind of keep you keep you going till the end but you're you're never going to not finish you're always no, going to no. uh, yeah and i'm confident of that but that's about i'm like it's not going to your worst day my worst day is going to be i know what my worst day could be and it will be finishing and it'll be finishing at a time other people some other people would kill for but i also yeah, exactly. know what i also still got a big goal of that's what i want to try and do so we'll go out and try and yeah i'm, I'm more afraid of the weather than anything else that it gets too hot the piece of advice I always give is whatever the weather is, add 10 degrees because that's how you'll feel. Yeah. So if it's 11 degrees, you're going to feel like it's 21. So yeah. dress for 21. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes I would rather be cold at the start of a marathon Same. than too hot during the marathon. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the best piece of advice is. I mean, every marathon, I'm always in shorts and vests. I'm yeah. never wearing anything, anything long sleeves or. That's great advice, Lynette, until it turns out that it's 18 and I'm adding 10 degrees and thinking, really, I would stay in as a health warning for that. So that's not <laughs> doesn't really help a guy like me that burns with the fridge door open. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> what else will that marathon weekend look like for you within your role supporting the group? So the Saturday, I'm going to be working alongside Gina. So I'm, I, last year, I volunteered for the Saturday races. So I'm doing the same again this year at the start line so Gina will be my boss for the day which is great so I absolutely uh, honestly I love the Saturday races like being on the start line of the 10k the 5k and then all the kids races yeah it is so much fun absolutely love it and then the Sunday we are hoping to have like a cheer crew somewhere initially we thought Portobello last year we were at Musselburgh it's quite uh, you know it's like you know get out the tiny violin for me but when you're cheering there's not a lot of opportunities to go to the loo so when you're there for the half and the full and you've been there for six seven hours logistics are uh, <laughs> yeah. quite difficult so i would quite like to be somewhere where there's at least some <laughs> one port to loo and i'd be happy so musclebird is a great location because you see people on the way out and on the way back to the finish. So yeah. most likely we're going to be in Musselburgh because it's a great atmosphere. I'll see if I can look up from my feet long enough to give you a wave on the way by. Just just listen for the cowbells because we have some really loud cowbells. Someone said last year that they could hear us before they got to Musselburgh. They could hear the cowbells. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be ready for the yeah. pick-me-up by then. But we've got a good crowd coming out from Newton Roadrunners as well. I think oh, we good. have. I think we maybe have about... Eight to ten half marathoners who are staying on, nice. and there's a minibus of people going through as well just to cheer that have been in London and all the other marathons, oh, Manchester, amazing. who are just turning up to get drunk. Really, I think. Of course. So standard <laughs> practice. So there'll be a good. There will be a good turnout, and I'm. I'm just absolutely. Yeah. 
um, buzzing for the day. Do, will that give you probably yeah. a wee uptick as well and interest in and around wee run Edinburgh this weekend? Does that tend to follow? Generally, like even after um, London Marathon, even by that evening, I had a few emails of people yeah. inquiring about running. I think any any major running event generally there's a little bit more of an uptake and a, and a few more inquiries, which is lovely because you know that people are at home watching it on TV or yeah. they've got a friend who's done it and then they're like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. So it's should, really cool. People should have their internet, their, their uh, browser banned for the 24 hours following watching anything like that because you end up <laughs> signing up for all sorts. That's I know, me. like a, a million, I... Um, yeah, a million people have signed up for um, London Marathon next year. Yeah. That's Crazy. That's me. I sign up the day I'm watching and then spend like the next few months saying, please don't get in, please don't get in, please don't get in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Uh, but that's but, what we do. That's what we do. Um, now, yeah. when I, I, have to, I, I don't know. I don't think I asked you when I hit record, but you are on your holidays at the moment and I'm stealing your time and I'm getting good no, at this. Right. I'm, I'm getting good at cutting into people's uh, holiday time. You've listened to the <laughs> show though, so you know there's a couple of bits that I'm duty bound to make you do, including the quick fire okay. round and then picking a track for the press play and run playlist that's on Spotify. Okay. So you can have a wee think about the, the play, the track in the background here. But I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'm just looking for relatively quick, short answers, whatever comes to your head. Okay. You good to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Favourite running shoe of all time? Now it is New Balance Fuel Cell. I knew we were going to get New Balance there. It has there. to be. It has to be. I'm, I'm addicted to these trainers now. They're incredible. She's contractually obliged. No, she's not. I'm only kidding. No, no, she's not. No, I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, Favourite training route? Uh, it has to be around Arthur's seat. When you're from Edinburgh, there's... You just have to. Best running related book or podcast you've read or listened to? Um, I really love uh, the Strength Running podcast. I Who, listen to it like every week. Who's that uh, by? Uh, Jason Fitzgerald. He's American. He's from uh, Boulder in Colorado, but he has a lot of really good guests on. I will link to that in the episode description. Yes. Proudest running moment? I think it's achieving the Boston London Marathon qualifying time because I wanted it for so long. Yeah. 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 Worst race or running experience? <laughs> I was going to say Edinburgh, but I'm joking. I ran Lisbon Marathon uh, in 2017 and there was a heat wave. So we ran in 32 degrees. That was pretty horrendous. Um, I never want to run in that temperature ever again. That is game over for a guy like me. I'm like a gremlin. You need to keep me in in bright light and after midnight. So that I couldn't have yeah. run that one. <laughs> Beautiful um, marathon, though. I, I mean, it was oh, running, but horrendous. Yeah, but not not running it in Dante's Inferno. That's not no. the one. <laughs> no. um, ultimate post marathon meal and drink. Always a burger um, and chips, and always a fresh IPA. Yeah, I'm I'm off the drink now, but I take an alcohol-free version, and you and I can happily go yeah. for dinner after a marathon. That's mine too. Yeah. <laughs> One inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by. Run Dem Crew in London. Follow them. They're um, great. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but um, Charlie Dark is the reason I knew that I could put together We Run Edinburgh. So yeah. I'm going to come back and ask you about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Best ever single piece of running advice you've been given or could give? 
always start slow, get your heart rate regulated, and then you can push the pace after that. So don't sprint down that hill at the start of the marathon. No, Just really, a reminder, no. Note, note to self. <laughs> yeah. Run with or without music? Without it currently. I'm I'm all music out on running at the moment. Favourite park run? I've only ever done three park runs. <laughs> three ever or three different ones? Three different ones. So I'll say Edinburgh Park Run because I've done it three times and the rest have only done one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Finish this sentence, Lynette. I press play and run because? Because it's my life and it's my work now. That's it. It was your life before yeah, your work. You made it, it your work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the last official order of business is always to add a play a track to a, a press play and run playlist. So this can be running or exercise. So it could be in the gym in your environment. Just one that that wouldn't come out your rotation that that tends to stick around. It's always Chemical Brothers Go. Oh, this is, this is that might be one of the highest quality choices we've had so far. I'm not even telling you what <laughs> Gina picked today. What did Gina pick? Walk Lomond. Oh, come on. I know. <laughs> and Ellie picked Cha Cha Cha, which was the Finland Eurovision entry. <laughs> no, like, no, what no. is going on in this playlist? Oh, come on. And I'm going to need to add these, and then the, my name's underneath that playlist. <laughs> so you're restoring a bit of credibility to the playlist, so I'm thankful for Thank that. Goodness. You are somebody who's went out, made it happen, made it your life, and I am just so grateful the fact you've taken the time to talk to me especially for an edinburgh episode but you've got a fascinating story i could talk for hours and listen about your journey (laughs) but you've given up time your holiday and i know how much people will get from this i'm hoping to get this out it's usually thursday i might go out a day or two early to give people on the way to edinburgh the chance to hear it prior because there's some good advice from the girls before too um yeah, be handy to get. so thank you i hope i, I hope i hear the cowbells if i don't if i forget oh, to look cowbells. up i will be listening yeah. we will have cowbells we will have signs you're all good we'll keep you entertained for the fleeting few seconds that you go past but yeah good luck yeah thank you so much and whatever's next in your own running good luck for that as well thank you i'm sure there are many exciting things to come i'll be watching on insta thank you thank you so much Lynette thank you to you the listeners for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast you can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.